consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. I've taken to you so strong. It's clear we're going to get along. Consider yourself. Hello there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for January 7th, 2016. It's the first podcast, games podcast of 2016. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Assassin's Creed Liberation. Ah, and I am Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Defense of the Ancients. Mm, you know, I hear that Defense of the Ancients, that could have been a genre. It's a shame it that really never could. really took off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder, McMaster, like if we were to look at reviews of games in that in that particular genre, I wonder what what like the greatest authorities in gaming might have had to say <coughs> about oh some of the more notable Defense of the Ancient um, clones. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, well, if you if you look like I don't know, we'll say Metacritic. Oh, sure, that's a good place to check, right? Okay, yeah, what, yeah. Go ahead. League of Legends. Um, League of Legends, good pick, right? Let's see what, what we got there. The top two reviews, let's see, there's two that ranked it at a 91, according to Metacritic. It was Scott Sharkey and uh, Jason McMaster. Oh, me! Wow, oh. nice. You you got a little place on the front page of Metacritic. Very nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, uh, you gave League of Legends a 91. Well, I gave it an A plus or, or an A right. or whatever. Okay. And they, you know, they... Basically, you gave it a super enthusiastic review is what I'm asking. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, you nobody, know, I mean, nobody ever would have seen that coming, McMaster. Oh, no, no, not at the time, no. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, there's a couple real low, like GameSpot gave it like a 6 out of 10. Um, wow, a 6 out of 10. That's like a 6 on the 7 to 9 scale. It really is. Uh, though, admittedly, uh, I don't know if they really understood what they were reviewing because uh, th- their blurb is, this competitive strategy game is fun, though it offers only a fraction of what you should expect from a retail product. But um, it was it ever a retail product though? Yeah, you could buy like a box, and it came with like a booster in it and a bunch of heroes and a couple of skins. <laughs> okay, uh, and that's probably what happens. They just sent it to them and they reviewed it. But but my favorite was uh, from a from a friend of uh, a, fr- a friend of ours, so mine and Tom's, I believe, yeah, uh, and a quarter to three in general is Adam Bissner, um, for Game Informer uh, at the time, uh, and. Uh, Man, the last paragraph of his review is just pretty hard. Uh, uh, I think he's right, though, in the end. But <clears throat> here it is. I, I would hate let's, to. Let's find out, yeah, if like history has vindicated what he has to say. Here. Right, yeah, right. Just, so go ahead. Uh, first, uh, he gave it a uh, seven point seven five, uh, and he says, "Man, that by the way, that's also like a seven on a seven to nine. It really is. Oh, okay." Uh, he says, uh, it's too bad that Riot Games didn't take more chances with League of Legends because the basic premise is good enough to have made Defense of the Ancients a subgenre unto itself. The window dressing, the persistent upgrade metagame, much improved interface, and solid matchmaking is a significant step forward. The core gameplay is identical but shares the same problems. As flawed as it is, at least Demigod presented some new ideas. <laughs> League of Legends is for Defense of the Ancient veterans and few others. Wow. Uh, but in the, you know, <laughs> Hindsight being twenty twenty and all, but that's got to be a little painful. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one for me, Master. Um. <laughs> Although, oh, Master, yeah. are you saying that none of your reviews ever uh, failed to anticipate I, how popular something would be? I knew. Uh, well, no, I think I maybe over anticipated a few games, <laughs> but. Uh, 
yeah. To be fair, though, I sort of feel that as a reviewer, like it's never your job necessarily to predict how popular something <laughs> no. is, or uh, so like all, all no. you can really speak to is your own experience with it and whether it works for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I just uh, I just thought it was hilarious. That is. Hey, yeah. A, it's Adam, and B, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, it could have, you know, now six years later, it's, like, huge. Well, the genre is basically, like, well, they're called MOBAs, I guess, but League of right. Legends is sort of the the defining game of the genre, isn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah, at current. Uh, I mean, Dota 2 gets a lot of uh, attention, and Heroes of the Storm is coming up, but League of Legends, I think, still gets the lion's share. I mean, I think it's always the highest watch on Twitch, unless there's, like, a specific dota tournament or something like that you know interestingly enough mcmaster if you look up my review of heroes of the storm uh i conclude it's a shame that blizzard didn't take more chances because otherwise their game might have been popular right that yeah was, that was my final paragraph and boy I'm, I'm having to live that one down every day yeah i think i said the same thing about world of warcraft <laughs> no oh, yeah. Just, yeah world I'm, of warcraft this thing's never going to take off yeah. who wants what this? what is this crap right right <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of what is this crap, McMaster, I have a question for you. You're, All right. You're in hot water, young man. All right, good. All right. Here's my question for you. McMaster, why can't you follow directions? Because when we played Star Wars Battlefront <laughs> and I told you you had to be Princess Leia, not only did you not pick Princess Leia, you didn't even pick the Rebels. So I got stuck being Han Solo you picked Darth Vader, and <laughs> it was incredibly rude of you to keep coming at me with, like, a lightsaber when Wait. I just had the Han Solo pistol. Oh, well, no. See, the best part was how I'm lower level, and I, I don't think I'd ever played that level before. Uh, and uh, and you, you were all, you're all cocky going in. You know, and that, that then is... about halfway through, you were, you were up, like, 50 points. And yeah. Then, oh, that that is kind of a, a, a I was I was role playing Han Solo just so you yeah. know that's that's what was going on. Yeah, McMaster, you can't. When I've just got a, a blaster pistol, by the way, and I know this from playing Star Wars Battlefront, that blaster pistol, it's called a DL44. Wow. I bet you didn't. Oh, you know what? I should have used that in a quiz against you to make you, you lose. Have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all I've got is the blaster pistol. You've got like force throw, or you throw your True. lightsaber, and you've got a lightsaber. And you've got like a bazillion hit points, and you just like keep running at me, which is really uncool when I don't have like a hand-to-hand -hand weapon or a way to block or anything. Um, and besides, that match is completely imbalanced as anybody knows. I mean, remember what happened at Bespin, right? Han oh, Solo sure. versus Darth Vader? That's always going to go a certain way. So, McMaster, next time you have to be Princess Leia, and I'm going to be Boba Fett, okay? All right. Okay, just so that things are more fair and equitable. Because I hope I hope you're not proud of yourself for winning that one. Oh no, no, God, I'm okay. not proud. It, it just it doesn't seem right, you know, to be proud. You do sound suitably remorseful, so I'll accept your. It, you didn't actually make one, but I'll accept your apology. Okay, well, sure, that's good. I mean, I wasn't going to, but sure, that's cool. No, I'll accept it. It's okay. All um, right, good. good. By the way, I kind of feel bad for you, McMaster, because. Um, so I went and saw the new Star Wars movie, quite enjoyed it. I don't want to make the podcast about that, but I do want to point out uh, I recently placed an order on Amazon.com for a board game I wanted to get. And yeah. while I was on Amazon.com, I saw there were these little um, – they're technically Hot Wheels branded metal die-cast uh, sh spaceships from Star Wars. Uh, and they're like $4. And there's a Millennium Falcon there for like $4. And I'm just – you know what? 
just going to drop that in my little basket there. Uh, and then when you when you click on it, it shows you at the bottom other cool things that people who bought the little toy Millennium Falcon might also want. There's yeah. a, there's an X-wing in there. That's not just an X-wing that you would know, McMaster. I feel sorry for you because you're not going to know what this is that I'm going to tell you. But I also got Poe Dameron's X-wing. Now you have oh, no idea I... who that is, so you have no idea how cool it looks. No, I have no idea. Because you haven't seen the movie yet, so I kind of I feel bad for you, McMaster. Well, I mean, fair enough. You know, uh, you don't I, even... I plan on it, seeing it sometime. I'm sure yeah. you do. I'm sure you do. Just like you plan on uh, leveling up in Star Wars Battlefront as well. I expect to see you do some of that. Oh, yeah, one of these days, sure, yeah. So you can borrow one of these. I've got two of the – and by the way, I've got so many, like, useless, like, toy gimmick things that, like, you get sent with video games, and I mostly just throw them away. And yeah. So I don't know – I. I don't know what I'm going to do with these stupid things. Like, I can't believe I bought two little stupid toys that like sit on your desk. And I, like, I don't normally do that sort of thing. It's just I've been sure you don't. I don't. I so I mean I get those, but I throw them away. The only ones I have are an action figure of The Rock and a little tiny Godzilla. Well, well fair enough. That's all I've got. And but now I've got a Millennium Falcon and a Poe Dameron's X-wing. So Poe Dameron. That's all the name. I know, it is. Uh, McMaster, if you ever want to play with my rock action figure, I'll let you. Oh, well, thank you. I can smell what he's cooking firsthand. <laughs> uh, McMaster, while we're comparing levels, I have a couple of questions that I wrote down for you here that I need to ask. Okay, good. Oh, good. Gotta like to keep uh, keep sharp. So, McMaster, in Ubi Club, I'm level 27. Oh, uh, oh. What level are you in Ubi Club? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> huh. I guess you're probably... Probably I'm, not level 27, I'm guessing. Probably high up there. No, you know what? I'm going to put you at level 4. Oh, no. Well, now I'll go and see if I can figure out how to sign in. God. Here, here's another, well, you all ha- I, I can't believe you haven't, considering what game we're going to talk about, but hold that thought. Uh, <laughs> what level are you at PlayStation 4? At PlayStation 4? Yep. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I guess it's... A- <laughs> It's like the, when you look at your trophies on the on the oh, like it trophies. gives you a level because it like the the trophies uh, give you points. Let me see. Oh, I'm level like twelve. Very good. You got that correct. I am also level twelve. However, I think it's important to point out you only have nine hundred and twenty nine PlayStation experience points. I have one thousand one hundred and twenty three. Oh, so, so basically, I am more level twelve than you. Oh, man, I'm level 25. No, you're not, because I looked it up before the podcast. Nice try. Uh, it says I am right here. Nope, I'm putting you down for perjury also. <laughs> perjury, okay. Yeah, next to where you're level 4 at Ubisoft, <laughs> you're also a perjurer. I've used all my Ubi points to buy all the stuff for the new Assassin's Creed. Well, you know, I'm constantly, uh, like, I've been playing, so uh, uh, Rainbow Six, no, Rainbow Siege? Yeah, Rainbow Six Siege. There hasn't been a Rainbow Six in so long that the word now sounds silly to me, uh, which I, I've like lost it sounding like it makes sense. Um, but I've been playing some Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, mm. The crew, which I've been playing the heck out of for quite a while, there was a, uh, a tower defense kind of action game that they published called Toy Soldiers. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. And now Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I've been burning through my, my Ubi points or whatever they're called like crazy to buy. Like, for instance, I, I, I wanted to dress Evie nicely. You know, I wanted to buy her some nice colors, so I spent a bunch of Ubi points on getting a fashionable, uh, they, they, they call it Ubisoft Blue uh, mm-hmm. outfit for Evie. 
Um, so yeah, I've still I've got plenty of Ubi points, Master. If you need to borrow some, I'll loan you some because I know you're only level four at Ubisoft, so you probably don't have that many points. I've got like a couple hundred. Did you buy the uh, – so just to let the listeners know, let's get into this, McLaster. We've both been playing right. a fair amount of Assassin's Creed <laughs> Syndicate, right? Right, right. So let's talk about that this podcast. All right, sounds good. Okay, first question, McMaster, I have for you. This has been a awesome year for open-world games. Um, with like Arkham Asylum, which ended up being like one of my favorites, uh, Just Cause Three. I really liked Mad Max a lot. You didn't understand it. (laughs) No, you said you weren't that into it, but you you Uh, you were okay with it. Yeah, it just didn't really capture me. That's fine. Yep. Um, But I'm super getting into that. But uh, I'm really surprised at how well Assassin's Creed Syndicate works for me, considering some issues I have with it. Um, Why is it the open world game that you're playing right now? Uh, well, one of, uh, but yeah, 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 sure, exactly, because you kind of always have, like, uh, an open world game, a good one, you always have, oh, Metal Gear Solid 5, by the way, is another one. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've, I'm, yeah, I've got, like, Fallout Just Cause, and... Oh, yeah, Fallout, good lord, that's the thing, is yesterday, after we played Battlefront, uh, I was, I was online playing, uh, Syndicate or whatever, and I saw you jump back over to Fallout again, I was like, what is he doing? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, well... So yeah, some some great open world games. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which I know you're not. It's not your bad. Uh, I would actually like to play the game. I just don't feel like messing with my Wii U that much. Fair enough. You might have to plug it in. I, I feel right. the same way about everything on the Xbox One. Yeah, me too. Sadly, right yeah. now I almost got Rise of the Tomb Raider, but I just got uh, Just Cause Three instead. What are you talking about? It's not out until January 29th or 28th. Oh, the. Uh... Is it not? I thought it was out already or something. No, I think it came out on the Ouya or something like that. Some system that nobody has any of. No, you know what? I think it came out for the Zune. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. (laughs) But no, January 28th is uh, uh, the PC and PS4 versions of Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I'm super psyched for. Oh, nice. There is going to be a PS Suite. Yeah, Yeah, I'll play it then, yeah. All right, so I'm sorry. I cut you off. What, What makes Assassin's Creed Syndicate work for you? Why is it one that you're into right now? Uh, well, okay. So it's, first of all, it's the, the, the siren song that that ridiculous, like, game has. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, just, uh, it's the desire to see the different periods. Um, and I thought that Liberation or whatever the hell the last one was was kind of cool, but Unity. this one. It was uh, Unity, Unity in France, yes. Right, yeah. Uh, it was cool, but it, I don't, I don't know. It just kind of didn't. I don't know what was with that game. Uh, he also had a notoriously troubled launch. Like, uh, right. So I, that was one of the reasons I didn't play it. Is I, I got it at launch. It was, seemed to be running okay, but then I heard all these terrible things about it, so I just put it down and was like, I'll wait till it gets patched, and then I moved on to other things. Um, and you know, I'll say this: uh, the the setting for this one is, is right in my wheelhouse uh, of things I like. So uh, you know. The, I mean, the fact that it's like what Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. and, uh, Charles Darwin, and etc. Uh, etc. Et and uh, just you know, ga- you know, gaslight London. You can ride around in a freaking carriage through the streets. You know, just uh, it's just kind of the setting itself. The city just is like so well suited uh, to what they what they do best. 
which is the scalability and the running around on rooftops and the and the intrigue, you know. So hold that thought real quick. So I want to talk about the the period because you mentioned that, and I'm curious why, because I feel the same way as you, McMaster. Is uh, like why am I responding more readily to this this setting these characters? Uh, and I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that as America as English speakers, uh, there's kind of this this barricade. There's this exoticness and this otherness to things like, you know, Renaissance Italy or the Revolutionary France right. or, you know, the Middle East during the it's, Crusades. Like those things we don't yeah. really have a frame of reference for as strongly as, you know, Victorian London, which is what America right. grew out of. And we this is part of our cultural heritage oh, in yes. a way that the French Revolution and Renaissance Italy are not. I mean, those are both important hallmarks in Western civilization. But we don't relate to them as readily as we do a Charles Dickens' novel, for instance. Right. You know, we grow up with, uh, you know, the tale of uh, The Christmas Carol. You know, we, yeah. we grow up with uh, Oliver Twist and uh, just, uh, you know, the huge Dickens library as well as, you know, the uh, contributions of, uh, you know, Charles Darwin. I mean, just just the time itself, just it, we have such a strong connection to it. And uh, it feels a lot less. Uh, it's what, our language, too. Right, it's it, like it, a it, native it, language. Ubisoft <laughs> doesn't have characters speaking in goofy accents, for instance. There's not somebody trying right. to do a French accent or an Italian brogue or whatever. It doesn't sound quite as silly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, that and the wardrobe uh setting as well you know just it's fantastic like i like walking around uh, you know if you're jacob you got the kind of the cap on you know and you look like uh you look like uh something that um you know from freaking mary poppins almost you look uh, like a guy who would pop into a pub for instance and have a pint Right. right, right, yeah. So it just that setting that you know, and I, that's another reason I liked uh, Assassin's Creed uh, three. I mean, other than just the storytelling was pretty cool in it. Um, so, McMaster, while we're on the wardrobe, I have a question for you. Yes. As Evie, do you think I would look better in the taupe salmon and gray blue, mm. or should I instead go for the teal, violet, and mustard yellow? I'm I'm torn. Which of these two I should get? I would probably go teal, violet, and mustard yellow. Okay, let me write that down. So in that case, teal, violet, mustard yellow. All right, I'm going to buy that as soon as we get offline. Okay, I wasn't good. sure what to wear. Uh, here's here's one of my issues, McMaster. All right. Jacob is such a doofus. I cannot stand. He is. I mean, it's so awesome. First of all, having uh, the option. <laughs> well, well. By the way, for a lot of people, they'll think, oh yeah, finally a female protagonist in Assassin's Creed. No, dorks. Assassin's Creed Liberation had this awesome heroine. Yeah, uh, Evie, uh, not Evie, but uh, Aveline. Right? Yeah, she was uh, she was like mixed race, which was super cool. She mm-hmm. could wear her her petticoat and have her parasol, which had a poison tip, and be like a proper yeah. uh, proper lady. Or she could run around in the swamps in her assassin's outfit. Uh, she could run a business. Uh, her business partner, like the dude she got as her assistant, totally had a crush on her, and she didn't care about him. Uh, I loved her. She was an awesome heroine. So now that we've got Evie, I'm like, yeah, cool. I like Evie. She's super awesome. She's adorable with she the is. freckles. I like how tough she is. Uh, and then there's Jacob, who's her dorky brother, who 
Oh my god! I, so, Master, you play all the Jacob stuff for me, will you? Because I just oh, can't sure. stand that dude. He's so annoying. I don't usually play as him, except for the couple of skills that he has access to that make you know. If I know I'm going to be doing like a lot of fighting, like right. specifically like just brawling, I might use him. But Evie and, is better better for stealth and assassination. And and just looking at in the cutscenes and hearing her talk and yeah. stuff, yeah. Uh, and also uh, when there have been a few. Like, when you clear out a territory, it then goes to, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a boss fight. We have to fight some super yeah. tough dude, and that's when I always call Jacob in. I'm like, okay, tag, it's your turn, dork, get in there. Do you ever kill the bosses before they, uh, before the fight? Can you do that? Because I've sound... Yeah. Like, I've done it twice now, but basically what happens is, like, you know, you clear the area, and then they all show up, and they taunt you, and then they run away. But you can chase them down. Oh, no, <laughs> like that. You're... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I tried, I've tried. i tried to do that. I didn't know you could. I mean, I was like, why yeah. is it letting me – because I get killed, or, or he gets away, or – that's yeah. awesome. So you can – you can circumvent, you, know, you can bypass that now, boss fight. Now, you still have to do the fight, but it just, the boss won't be there, so you're just fighting underlings, and so your gang just destroys them. The fight well, is, is like awesome. nothing. Okay. Yeah, the, the rumbles are just like instantly over, basically. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, – so in the in Unity, wasn't it Unity, that, that you could do the multiplayer uh, – so, McMaster, I could have yeah. you come in to my game, and then you could run and distract the guards, and while they're attacking you and shooting you and hitting you with their swords and whatnot, I'll just sneak in and steal money and then walk away. Uh, sure. There's no multiplayer here. They don't even do the cool little multiplayer like options with all the stealth and trickery games and stuff. They're just like, okay, just single player. Um, but there's a bunch of – there's kind of a new gang system. I say new. I'm not entirely sure what Unity did. Um, but how do you feel about the gang uh, system here? Yeah, you mean like the upgrades and stuff? The upgrades and the fact that you bring rooks along with you. They're called. Oh, okay. Um, you know what it kind of reminds me of is one of the Assassin's Creed Two expansion games. Uh, God, what was it called? It was something like Guild or some shit like that. It was. It was. because uh, there was two, and then there was. Two forever, and then or whatever the hell the next well, one. Well, I was. do remember there was one where you could get like prostitutes to follow you, or the thugs, and the prostitutes would like go up and distract right. the guard by like, you know, fondling his chest or something. Right. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, I actually kind of like it, and it it wasn't. I don't remember it being much like that in Unity. All I remember about Unity was all the stupid shit you could do with your iPhone and everything. So irritating. But uh, this one, thank God, is not that. Uh, but by the way, also uh, this one, what I remember about Unity, finding a chest and it being nope, you have to like yeah buy Ubi points for real world money to get into this chest. That was yeah. another thing where I was just like I flipped the game the bird and just was like okay. I'm, I'm not oh yeah, I mean they had a real. That was a humdinger there. Let's launch a game, have the worst freaking launch, and then all the damn chests and it are barred behind like a paywall. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's like a, that's like crazy. a nag. Like there's paywall, st not paywall, but there's there's ways here you can spend real world money, which I kind of find borderline tasteless. But it's yeah. not it's not constantly in your face with hey, here's a chest you can't open. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't like the yeah, I don't like that either. But whatever, as long as it's not in my face. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's that <laughs> uh, the, the the gang stuff is is kind of cool. I, it's the one thing I kind of that kind of bugs me is just the sheer 
amount of cost in like uh, mats and everything that you have to use to right, like upgrade right. anything, uh-huh. which of course the paywall. But uh, just the fact that it, gang stuff is so expensive to upgrade that uh, I kind of haven't been that much. Okay, so McMaster, here's where I'm going to depart uh, 180 degrees from you. I okay. love how expensive stuff is because I, I really like having to make tough choices about what I spend my money on. Like I remember, I think in Black Flag maybe, like I, I was constantly <laughs> having more money than I could spend. Like I, stuff was always gated not by the economy, not by how much money I had, but by where I was in the storyline to unlock stuff. Uh, right. I feel in Syndicate – I'm I'm outstripping like I'm at, at level five or whatever, and I can buy all kinds of stuff, and I don't have nearly enough money or materials for it. So that's for me a huge incentive to keep playing what some people might characterize as grinding. I just consider actually playing the game. Uh, oh sure, yeah. Like I want resources because I have stuff that I really want to spend them on, um, and I like oh, that sure. feeling. Like it, it it makes it. Like I'm having, I feel like I'm having to make meaningful choices because things are so expensive. So I don't mind it so much. Um, yeah, it's just I just haven't done anything with my, you know, guild because I'm always upgrading away my player equipment. Fair enough, right? So here, my feeling is because I find the combat relatively easy, especially relative to Unity. It is now. Oh yes. Yeah, Unity was super challenging, and at first yeah. I thought I kind of missed that. But now I sort of realize, okay, this is just here to sort of make me look badass. It's not supposed to be super challenging. That, that's fine. Uh, I kind of liked the way Unity's was challenging, though, in a way. Um, well, for guys like us that might play, like, brawlers and fighting games and stuff, like yeah. it, it kind of appeals to us who, who like, we want to sort of work our way up a, a, a sort of a learning oh, yes. curve and get better. Batman, by I, the way, is the same way. Like, Right, exactly. That's the huge appeal of Batman. Yeah, Batman, you feel super badass, but there's always new tools and skills and timing gimmicks you can learn uh, right it was super rewarding yeah so so what's going on with me is i'm not upgrading my characters so much um and plus i've spent some ubi points so i'm set with a really nice pistol and yeah i got this yeah Yeah. uh but uh so instead i'm spending my money on the gang upgrades uh so when i'm playing it feels almost a bit more like Saints Row in that I've got like yeah. a posse with me, and and I've, I've leveled them up to like level seven. They're higher level than me. They're higher level than anyone I'm encountering. Uh, you can unlock the ability to have, I think, up to five of them with you. I've only got three at this point. Uh, but yeah. as you're wandering around, you can also give them firearms. So I'm doing this awesome thing I've never been able to do in Assassin's Creed before. When I'm wandering around... One of the blighters or one of the guys who turns up red who's like, we'll attack you on sight, fellas, like yeah. your, your enemies. I'll see him, and all my dudes will just shoot him in the face. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's I do like hilarious. that. Up- yeah. yeah, I do like that upgrade. Uh, and it's like uh, it's like you kind of feel like, hey, I'm the boss of this really tough gang. Don't mess with me because these guys will just shoot you in the face, and there's not even going to be a fight. It's just going to be over. Uh, right. So I kind of like that about the gang stuff. Um yeah, uh, I like the gang stuff quite a bit, actually. It's it's pretty cool. It's just uh, the skills just... themselves are uh, expensive. Right. And, well, so how do you feel about the skill trees then? So there's the there's the stuff that you buy to upgrade your characters with, with money. Um, the money is also spent upgrading the gangs. Uh, by the way, have you – you know, McMaster, on I think the far right side of the skill trees, uh, there are a bunch of – accumulating income things you can buy. Like, have you looked at many of those? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you periodically get money into the safe in your train. Yeah, now I knew that. Yeah. Do you know that you can also buy taverns? Like you can buy, you can do. Hmm. What was that game? Shoot, wasn't there not a Scarface game, or maybe it was? Wasn't there a Scarface game where you would buy businesses? Oh yeah. It was like an open yeah. world game, and I don't think it was very good, but it had this cool thing where you could buy businesses, and and Grand Theft Auto eventually built that in. EA had a Godfather game, um, so you can do that here. Is you can buy first taverns, then you can, um, I think, organize betting. Uh, eventually you uh, buy, I think, a, an export company or something cool like that. And what it does is it just increases the 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 flow of income, like the, the amount of money dropped into your safe over time, which I think makes it easier to buy these expensive upgrades. Oh, I got you. Okay, sure. Yeah, I see. Okay, right. I'm just looking at it right now. So like Little Rooks, you know, will give you better loot. I, oh, well, whatever. Who cares there? But uh yeah, the okay, sure, the pub one, the yeah, pub so, investor, and, and if you keep uh, going down, they're they're better and better things, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, sure. Oh, so, yeah, so, I got, got a little footy in there, sure. Maybe if you stop spending money on how to punch people, or stop spending skill points on how to punch people, and spend skill points on how to manage your finances, you might not find anything <laughs> so expensive. But I have to counter with what's the fun in that? If uh, <laughs> I specialize in punching people's in the face. I guess you know it's it's more like as a maybe strategy gamer. I kind of I, I like to think of the Assassin's Creed games as you start as an assassin and you become a successful businessman or woman. I sort True. of feel because you got to retire at some point, right? You can't be punching people in the face all your life. So with Evie, should I get Stealth Three or should I get Knife Master Two? Oh, Knife that's Master. the question. Knife Master. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Because. Okay, let's well, say those, mass, those knives are badass. You get double, uh, and uh, they do like a ton of damage. And they don't alert everyone. Like the guns are very right. gratifying, but when you, as soon as you shoot a right. gun, it's going to be a hot fight from there on. There's not going to be any more stealth kills for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why she's so good. Basically, is she? It's total stealth, and this is a stealth game. <laughs> and yeah, like uh, headshots with the knife are always gratifying. Um, oh yeah, they are a good time. Yeah, yeah I so got a lot of those. The first knife upgrade for her, I think, will stun people so that if you hit someone and don't quite kill them, it gives you an opportunity to finish them off without them yelling, hey, Evie's over here sneaking around. Fight her. Yeah, that jerk. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, what do you feel about the different um, activities? Are there any of them that you don't like so far? Um, okay, well, I'll say for me, like, the only one I don't particularly just, like, love is the... Uh, one, you have to kidnap people. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, but uh, I do like just about everything else. I really like the uh, the you know orphans and stuff like that. Really? Because I I you can quote me on this. I hate child liberation. Really? <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh, I, I guess because <laughs> I can't, I have so many great quotes for you. I'm gonna write a book. That's right. You can you can quote that. Tom Chick says, "I hate child liberation." <laughs> Just the out of context Tom Chick book yeah. would be the best book ever. Is I I don't want uh, I don't want to have to deal with abusive child labor laws in Victorian England. That's that's another one of my quotes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the thing about the the child liberation things is, I guess I keep thinking I need to do them as stealth, and then I fail the stealth, and it becomes a fight, and I'm not ready for the fight, and I get killed, and I have to reload, and I'm like. Geez, children, liberate your damn selves. You know, I'm not here to reform labor in in London. That's not my job. I'm here to be an assassin. Uh, 
So mm-hmm. that that's what those are, are a problem for me. Is that I, it, but but I actually did one yesterday where I just went in and killed everyone, and that seemed to work just fine. Oh, it does. Yeah, that's what that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, so maybe I should I, approach it that way from the start. I stealthily kill everyone, but oh, they all die. Oh, oh okay. Good. Well, okay. Well, that's what I was going to say about the kidnapping. The kidnapping things. At first, what I was doing is sort of you know sussing out the situation, seeing who is where and where is my target, and then I would sneak up to my target. You know, you press the circle button, and you're supposed to slowly creep the target out of the area, and then throw him or her into a carriage. Uh, right. And as long as you don't alert another guard, it goes easily enough. But if you alert another guard, it becomes a big you, – you've blown it. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I've been doing, and I guess maybe I should approach child liberation this way. With the kidnapping missions is I just take out all the defenders one by one so that when I go in and get the kidnapping target, I can just walk him or her out without worrying about being busted. Like I think yeah. of it as a, okay, first I have to clear this area out. Then I have to take the target out out of there. Yeah, you know, and uh, another thing too is like you can use like there's in those missions particularly, mm-hmm. you can use your tools to do a lot of damage, like the hallucina, hallucinogen dart. What? I don't have that. You don't have the hallucinogen dart. That's like shoot a monkey. Know. No, I don't. I remember. I remember that in one game where like if you, I forget which one, maybe it was three, where like you zap someone with it and they like. Like just start going crazy and then fall over right. and die. And that and like there's one just like that uh, here. Uh, Master, how do I get it? Uh, you know, it's probably the God. Who's the uh, inventor guy? You, you Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, it's Bell. Okay, so I think it's one of the Bell missions. Um, that makes sense because I've been mainly trying to uh, liberate London, which is why I've been having to do the stupid. Right. So I did the area. I did Whitechapel. I just finished uh, not not Ghent. That's in in Belgium. Uh, what's the area called? Brent. Brent. What? Let's see, well, what have I done? Lambert. Lambert. Lambent. Yeah, yeah, Lambeth. Yeah, yeah I've got yeah. Lambeth, Whitechapel, and the Thames, and part of one of the others. But how do you feel about playing Frogger on the Thames? Uh, it's got its moments. It, it can also be like really, really frustrating. However, um, it does have its moments. Like I'll, I've always loved like pulling people off of boats and yeah, stuff, yeah. and uh, that gives you ample opportunity for that. Um, but no, the great thing about those is like what you can do is, you know, you can hit the um, eagle vision or whatever the hell it's called, and then like uh, you know, just figure out what everybody's level is, and then you hit them with one of those darts, the highest level guy. And then it takes probably two of the lower level ones to take him out, and then he dies. Nice. So oh. I'll just do that like a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, by the time, um, you know, you do that twice, because you can carry two darts just like, I think, off the... Uh, right. Just initially, I haven't upgraded it. Um, you know, and that clears it all out. It's just the cops are a big pain in the ass later on. Well, you only... know, that's another thing you can buy, is you can basically yeah. buy the option to get the cops to look the other way when there's violence. I don't know. I like that structure, too, as well, that... Uh, there's the immediately hostile guys, and then there's the peacekeepers. And if if you you know the immediately hostile guys will pick a fight, but you don't want to fight in front of the peacekeepers because then they'll attack you as well. So I like that kind of like dual that, that sort of structure of, of law enforcement in, in the city. Yeah, which is also nice with the hallucinogen darts as well because you can pop one of those guys in front of a cop and the and cops then, get on them. 
Right, and then while nice. all that's going down, you just run in and grab the guy. If you you could start like a entire brawl, and while they're all fighting, grab him and push him up there too. Okay, hold on. Next to the note where I have down that you're a perjurer, and that you recommend <laughs> teal, violet, and mustard yellow. I'm making oh, yeah. a note to go talk to Alexander Graham Bell and ask him about the hallucinogen darts. Yeah, and uh, if you like playing Eevee and you like the sword cane, uh, when you hit, like, level 5, Charles Dickens has one you can craft. Oh, please. Uh, you think I don't already have that, McMaster? Please. Oh, you did the the Hellfire. <laughs> You've been doing, the, not the Hellfire, but the Ghost Club stuff. Oh, wait. No, I haven't. Deadgummit. Okay, let me make a note <laughs> to do that. Hold on. Dickens Ghost Club. All right. McMaster. Yeah, I think it's the 50 Berkeley Square is the one that he does that. I hate to do this, McMaster, but you actually might be more advanced than me in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. <laughs> All right, enjoy it while you can. Uh, McMaster, how do you feel about uh, – I, I know that you probably are really wanting the option to romance Agnes McBean. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about the whole train? I love that thing. It's awesome. It's kind of strange because, uh, you know uh, – I'll be walking along and I'll go, hey, there goes my base. You know? uh, but other than that, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I love the idea of it. Does it remind you of anything? Uh, I think you're not as old as me, but does it remind you of anything like a uh, a TV show from a long time ago? Show? Are you? Um... And also a movie. Come to think of it. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, I guess not. Then this is what I immediately thought of: is in Wild Wild West. Uh, oh, what was his name? He was like a uh, oh, he was like a, the Department of the Treasury guy, but he was like a super agent spy guy back in the old West. His sidekick was Artie. Dead gummit, what was his name? I don't know, man. Well, there was a terrible movie with Will Smith fighting a giant spider. Oh yes, no, I'm familiar with that one. But it was uh, a TV series with someone like not Robert Conrad, but someone like that as a cowboy who was in the Department of the Treasury, and he rode around the old West in his train base. And he would fight awesome. like weird arch villains and criminals and stuff. And I loved that as a kid. So as soon as you get the train, I'm like, yes, sweet. However, here's my problem, McMaster. I don't. I, everything you're supposed to do in the train, it's like in the freaking pause menu. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that. Get... As, I noticed that as well because you don't even have to go to it to craft. Yeah. Like, I thought I was gonna have to do that, and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then I was like, oh, I can just do it from here. Then why would I ever go to the train? <laughs> Well, I will tell you why you do have to go to the train, and I only realized missions. this. Well, well, just the Agnes McBean mission. Well, yeah, there, there are some missions. But more importantly, uh, empty out your safe because your safe will right. fill up, and then you're not gaining money anymore. So, right. Uh, so you do have to go to the train every now and then to empty out the safe, and then I guess while you're there, grab that mission or, or whatever. But yeah, right. it's sort of like there's this really cool idea of there's a billboard with all the sequences. There's uh, the bounties board. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And you never have to use those. There's your gang upgrade board. You know, you never have to go to your base to do that. It's like playing Mass Effect and never having to go back to the Normandy to to, to do to fly around to planets or whatever. Yeah, which is funny because, like, you know, Assassin's Creed 2, you had to go back to do all your upgrades and all that stuff. Well, you, 
Yeah, and remember the model for me is the uh, the Jackdaw in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Like that was this huge. Oh I mean, sure, yeah. You had an irrelevant pirate base island eventually that didn't really do much, but you I never so- went to it. In fact, I, I, for, I forgot where it was, and uh, I just <laughs> never, I just never went back. It, all it was was a ridiculous money sink for for no return. But yeah, <laughs> it was the same thing. It's like why is this awesome thing here and it's never used? Uh, the train isn't that bad. Um, no, but, no, no. The train's pretty yeah. useful because at least you can – if it's near something you want to go to, you can warp to it. Well, it's, it's, it's funny that way. Yeah, it's a traveling uh, – it's a, it's, a, it's a mobile fast travel point, which is kind of yeah. cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll see if it's going in a certain direction and I, I don't have anything other otherwise. I'll just like go to the train and stand on top of it and just yes. uh, and jump wa- off. Yep. And watching the city that way is kind yeah. of cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is really cool. Like uh, in fact, when I got – the 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 one that you get the uh, craftable uh, schematic for that cane sword thing I was talking about uh, with um, Dickens you have to take like a, a carriage ride with, or you're driving mm-hmm. but you're you know you're riding around London it's a little foggy you know and it's like a little rainy and it's you know 10 11 o'clock at night and all the gas lights are on and everything and you're like man this is this is pretty slick yeah. you know it's it's got great atmosphere like a lot better than they've done in a while actually atmosphere wise and uh, it almost makes me curious to get that jack the ripper dlc right and you know i will say i will give the dude points for why uh, for the best explanation of why jack the ripper isn't in the game for, uh, D- for dlc so they right. can charge you for it you mean no 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 but yeah his reasoning behind it is is pretty solid Wait, who's who's reasoning? The the director of the game. Oh, what is his reasoning? His reasoning was that this game is based in 1868. That's the only way that they could make it have Charles Darwin, Alexander Graham Bell, and Charles Dickens, and all these people at the same time. It's like a two year like time period. Right. But the Ripper didn't show up till 1888. So all of these people would have been dead or not in like London at all. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, he said. Uh, you know that basically the DLC it follow it, you go back to Evie and Jacob supposedly in the future and they and they hunt down the Ripper. That is hilarious that they're so they're suddenly concerned about like historical. Oh yeah, I know, fidelity. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember that time I fucking killed the Pope in a fist fight? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? <laughs> but but anyway, I did like his explanation at least. Uh, I have I have heard uh, I think one of the folks we know on the quarter to three forum played it and said he was like unimpressed with it so but but still just as yeah. far as like doing cool atmospheric stuff with Jack the Ripper that's got my interest yeah. oh yeah yeah which is cool too because like that's what I really like about the Dickens stuff is uh, it's all the old kind of ghost and uh, fairy tale stuff you can go try to debunk or investigate. Uh, McMaster, do you ever rate missions? No, you know, and I was thinking about that, uh, because like they all have that, yep. you know, and I never use it. it it's kind of like it, it. It actually, I find it actively annoying. It's like when I'm playing an iPad game and a little thing pops up and it's like, "Hey, oh give God. us five stars." I immediately want to go and give it one star. At least this isn't a pop up. But uh, you know, if if you guys want my feedback. Weird. Give me something for it, you know. Give me Ubi points or whatever. I'm not going right. to go out of my way to rate your stupid individual missions. And plus, maybe I didn't like play it 
not correctly, but but maybe something screwed up, so I don't like it because I didn't have the right tool ready or. Uh, right. So I mean, it's it's just useless. I, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I, and I'm tempted to seed it with bad data, but I'm not going to do that. So I just ignore their little ratings. Yeah, I do too. Um, I just kind of like I've just never understood the point, of like well, why they were there, but. Eh. Uh, Tell me about you. You mentioned before that you like the carriage driving. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't really like the. <laughs> I don't know if I like the carriage combat so much. But I like riding through the streets and stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. I was pretty skeptical simply because they've, you know, they've done like horseback stuff, and yeah. I remember one of them, the one in Italy, would have these just horrible. Oh, yeah. Like carriage chase sequences that had QTEs or whatnot. Oh. <laughs> yep. So I was super skeptical about the carriages here, but they're they're certainly growing on me. Um, oh yeah, they're all right. <laughs> and it does, it sounds great. It looks good, and it even kind of I'm going to go ahead and say this. I kind of like how it handles the carriages. Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. Like everything uh, seems to be pretty tweaked. They don't. Yeah, they don't place. just feel like cars that drift around. I mean, you get this sense of. It's like a horse pulling unit. It's not super precise, and uh, oh god, no, yeah, yeah. So I, I like that about it. Um, yeah, I do too. Um, I, I actually like a lot of the game. It's uh, it was surprising because I, man, I really kind of burned out on Assassin's Creed. Right, same here. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Like uh, God, Unity just uh, is like I liked it. Uh, it's just kind of. God, I don't know. That game just kind of wore me out. There was, I think, it was too much going on. Well, you know the. I don't know how much this rumor has been substantiated, but do you know the uh, the latest sort of talk around the water cooler about what Ubisoft's plans are for Assassin's Creed going forward? I don't know. Ah, okay. Well, Master, I'm here to then share some news with you. So, like I said, I don't know how how much this has been substantiated. I think it all began with an anonymous post on Reddit where a guy claimed to be a developer. So, you know, take that with a, a, a grain of salt. Uh, but but his claim, uh, and I think even Kotaku has, has like, uh, gotten a confirmation, or not a confirmation, but they've gotten a, another source for this. Uh, yeah, substantiation for someone. Yeah, somewhere. something yeah. like that. Um, but anyway, the, the, the idea now, according to this rumor, is that Assassin's Creed will now be every other year. Uh, oh, so, thank Jesus. Yeah, so we won't get one this year. We'll get one in 2017. Furthermore, uh, the next setting is – now, you would think you know, from here you do, oh, I don't know, World War One or something like that. But no, the Jeez. next setting, ancient Egypt. That's crazy. That's cool. It's fine. It's and, just fine. And, yeah, and furthermore, less of an emphasis on the parkour traversal stuff uh, and more of – an effort to imitate what The Witcher did recently, because that was a huge uh, successful uh, game, uh, and and so they kind of want to use that as uh, an overall model rather than the previous Assassin's Creeds. Going forward with that was like more of an RPG and an open world kind of deal. Yeah, no, that's cool. Actually, that's pretty. I like that idea. Yeah. Um. That's kind of like what the the rumor, or maybe it's not a rumor, <clears throat> of uh, Call of Duty doing the. You know, the one year off for, you know, seasons or whatever for their content, and they don't just release, like, a Call of Duty every year. 
Oh, but because they, cause they've been doing it, we're a different studio. They alternate between. Right. Is it uh, Sledgehammer and Infinity? No. Who? Yeah. Oh God. Well, it's Treyarch's been in there forever. Treyarch, right, right, right. It's like Treyarch and Infinity Ward, and then whatever. But I think they're dropping one of them, maybe, and just kind of doing every other year, and then content pack. The, the funny, I think one of the differences is like Call of Duty has this built-in player base where people, in a way. Like, like guys like you and me might be like, oh, we're not in the campaign and the co-op. We've seen it before. Right. But I think they have enough of a healthy base that picks it up no matter what for the multiplayer. Oh, they, yes. They can milk this thing yearly and not have the the same issue with franchise fatigue that something like Assassin's Creed has where we're mainly in it for the multiplayer and the gameplay and the setting. Uh, and I think, too, the amount of resources that Ubisoft has to put into an Assassin's Creed game versus what an Activision studio has to put into a traditional first-person shooter like a Call of Duty, I imagine right. it's much more uh, resource-intensive what, what Ubisoft is doing. I could be wrong about that. Oh, yeah, I'm almost positive about yeah. that. Really, the the thing about the <laughs> Call of Duty games, I mean, they look they, they look good and everything, but it's also scripted, and yeah. you don't... You know, they, they can use all of those first-person shooter perspective tricks that they've all done for years and yeah. years to make the resources kind of easier but yeah something like assassin's creed or fallout or whatever those games have such huge like memory loads that they have to take and, like, and art assets like just assets like the yeah. artists have to do and you know, and, and script oh and stuff, yeah. oh god yeah see the, yeah the thing with call of duty is like and they're so cheap with this too it's hilarious you can see uh, examples of this all over the place is like they love to reuse like the yeah. exact same models and stuff and just kind of like fix them up a little bit do you know about so, the, the yeah. dream sequence in the last game? I heard something about that. Where yeah, so there's just... like a dream sequence that just uses all their World War II assets. It's like, hey, you dream about going back into World War II. No, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I guess they haven't used a World War II setting recently, but it really did feel like, eh, we've got all this B-side material. Let's throw it into a dream sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always what they do. And there's like so many of the single-player levels that have like the exact same building in it. <laughs> They've had every freaking game. Yeah. So yeah. So here's here's why I would wonder about Ubisoft doing a, uh, a every other year Assassin's Creed. Um, how else are they gonna are they gonna make money? Like, what are their other big franchises? <sighs> they have a couple, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you tell me. So I have I've I've made a note yeah, of a Rainbow couple. Six. Um, Is that gonna take off though? Oh, that's a good point. Now, Rainbow that's Six. One of those games that's like. Everybody loves the Rainbow Six games, but they never do as well as the other games. Well, <laughs> you know, there, like, there hasn't been one in so long. Like it's that's true. It's, it's been basically Vegas or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically been moribund for a while. Uh, have you seen Rainbow Six Siege? No. It's really good. I mean, I think it got lost in the shuffle of the holiday releases, um, but it's got you know it has a very un- it has a unique identity compared to other shooters, and uh, I, I quite like it. Far Cry. Oh, very good, McMaster. Yeah. Annual Far Cry. Yeah, you know what? You, that might be where they're going to fall back on. Very good point. I they got the primal one or whatever now. Right, right. So. Yeah, I had down Rainbow Six, uh, The Division, which are they even still doing that? Uh, <laughs> I remember and, that. And then uh, my number one game of not last year but the year before, I'm sure this is a huge moneymaker for them. They've got to be raking in billions of dollars on The Crew. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I actually saw it in the store today and almost picked it up, and then I didn't. Was it discounted? I bet it was. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it was discounted. That's why I was like, man, Tom talks about this all the time. And I still boot it up and just sort of tool around in whatever car and maybe get extra points. It really is like someone who uh, plays World of Warcraft casually. Like, there's an opportunity to play the crew and do, like, your dailies and all that stuff. But I just – I'm like one of those guys who would boot up World of Warcraft and maybe ding up a level and then puts it down for, for several days. Uh, like – well, what about like um, Splinter Cell? You know, you like that blacklist. I never played it. But, uh, man, yeah. What are they doing? Is there a Splinter Cell announced or is that back to – is that No, I don't now? know. But that's uh, – you know, it's a Tom Clancy game. So they kind of like – that's what Rainbow Six, you know. So I don't know if they'll – yeah, good point. And, and and Blacklist was actually very good. Uh, you know, come to think of like, I, I would as a matter of fact, next to uh, Batman, the last Batman game, I think it's one of the best uh, quote unquote stealth games. Um, huh. I'm curious about that then. Huh. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's 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 obsolete now. That thing's so old. It's got to be what two years old at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know. Would that run on Windows oh. 10? I, I don't think no, probably not. Yeah, it's modern operating systems. Yeah. Of course, Ruse, you know, the hugely successful Ruse franchise will keep them afloat. Oh, you're so mean. Well, <laughs> so the guys that did Ruse are now, they're not self-publishing, but their games are being published, I think, by Focus Home Interactive or something. They do, uh, they did uh, Acts of Aggression, which is sort of a... Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that game. Yeah, and before that, they were doing this series of games with the horrible name, uh, uh, what was it, Warland Battles? No, shoot. I can't remember the name of that. <laughs> It, it had some, like, Battle Fighters, or it had some terrible name. Oh, God, yeah, I think I have that on Steam or something. It, yeah. is, it is a horrible name. And they, they were very good games, though. Oh, Airland Battle? I forget what they were called. but uh, Yeah, something ridiculous. So anyway, that's the guys that did Ruse, so Ubisoft has basically cut them loose. And, and nobody's making RTSs anymore. I mean, Stardock's got a couple of them in the works. Speaking of RTSs, McMaster, yeah. let's talk about this briefly. Um, <laughs> in, anything else real quick about Assassin's Creed Syndicate? Mm, no, not that I can think of. Okay, uh, I'm putting you down for... Uh, I'm going to do the ghost missions. I'm going to go talk to Alexander Graham Bell and tell him to give yeah. me my hallucinogen darts, damn it. It makes life a lot easier. Yeah, and I'm going to wear the teal, violet, and mustard yellow for Evie. Oh. Also, oh, McMaster, uh, let's do some division of labor. Could you come over to my house uh, <laughs> for some of the collection stuff? I'm oh, going sure. to get all the beer. I need you to gather all the flowers around the city. Oh, that seems fair, yeah. So go grab the pressed flowers for me, and I'll take care of the, the, the cool beer stuff where you go into taverns. That does sound good. By the way, have you have you grabbed many of those beer things? Uh, no, actually. There's, so there's collectible beer, and I think, I don't know for sure, uh, if you remember in uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, one of the collectibles was shanties, sea shanties. Uh, yeah, you, that, that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah and you could, on the, the one of the... the uses of the little mobile tie-in they had, uh, you could just play the sea shanties, like an iTunes list or something. Um, so I don't think, they don't have songs here, but I think one of the purposes of the beer collection is to get you to go into different pubs, and if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> there are different songs being played in different pubs. I don't know if that's, if I just lucked into one, or if they do that in the different pubs, uh, but I think that's what the beer thing does, is it it gets you into pubs to hear the different songs. Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. All right, so McMaster, let's talk real quick. This has been our Assassin's Creed Syndicate episode, but yes, I want you to tell me why on earth are you playing StarCraft Two? Tell me how that <laughs> expansion is working out. Uh, you know, uh, I like it. 
but I, I like, oh God, I really been wanting to play uh, an RTS lately. And as you said, there really aren't that many coming out, uh, other than yeah, a couple from Stardock. But uh, and you know, Blizzard's pretty good at them. That's <laughs> that's how they got their name. Uh, and I'd love to see something like a Warcraft Four or something like that. Which hey, Blizzard, if you're listening, uh, you know, that's just a suggestion. Um, no, Blizzard, ignore him. If you're listening, give us another Diablo Three expansion already. Well, that would be nice, too. Yeah. But, you know, historically, I don't know. Well, then again, this is the first time for any of their games outside of World of Warcraft that they've done two expansions. So, uh, Wait, what, what are you talking think, about? With StarCraft? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? They're not expansions, though. They're the, they're the second and third uh, yeah. thirds of the game. They're finishing the right. game. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a really expensive game. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the things I like about StarCraft is like the, you know, the, the, the campaign is fun and it's full of that, like, crazy, like, blizzard lore. And, uh, and they come up with, like, some cool stuff to do in the different missions. Uh, but the thing I like so much about, I guess, StarCraft 2 is A, you can do, like, just AI missions at different, you know, difficulties. Right. But they added, um, the uh, co-op missions, which are pretty cool, and they remind me of like uh, kind of some of the Warcraft Three missions, etc. But like you, you have like this, you're like this overlord general on the map, and you build a base and everything, and it's like you and your uh, co-op partner are trying to fight against whatever the scourge or whatever is going on, and uh, you have all these like abilities. It, it's almost like Command and Conquer, not Command and Conquer. Uh, What's the other World Gen- War Two one? Generals? Oh, World War Two. Yeah. Company of Heroes. Company of Heroes. You know how like that stuff will build up in Company of Heroes, like the bombing runs yep. and stuff like that. Well, stuff like that builds up in this too. And you have these, uh, like, if you choose Kerrigan, you can have Kerrigan on the map. You know, uh, if you choose Rainer, you can have like the Hyperion come in and bomb stuff. Uh, Wait, hold on. I thought this was like a Protoss expansion. It is, but uh, like the co-op mode, that's what I was trying to get you to get it for. It's like the co-op mode adds like co-op characters that you pick for like just, all of the. You're expansion. not just doing the dippy mission, like campaign missions, like cooperatively. No, 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 no. It's it's and you level up and stuff. But so, master, like, why it, didn't you? <sighs> oh my god! Why didn't I you tell me this? Videos I thought, about it. I said. <laughs> I thought you were just wanting me to like. I thought it was the sort of thing where you play the stupid campaign and you level up your. Your your Protoss, whatever his name is, uh, and then you do one scripted mission after another. And if you're having trouble with it, you have your buddy join you and help you play the no, mission. No, no, no. You can set difficulty levels for better rewards, and then, and you can like uh, level up Kerrigan and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you get better like uh, stuff as you get level up. McMaster, yeah. dead gun. All right, I'm writing another note down here. Get what yeah, is it? Legacy of the Void. Heart of the Void. Legacy of the Void. What is yeah. That? Good you Lord. have Heart of the Swarm, don't you? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. And and that was, like, I think the main appeal of Heart of the Swarm, um, like their main selling feature was that campaign where you level right. up Kerrigan and you pick this or that upgrade. But then all you're doing with really it... Which is really cool, yeah. Right, but all you're doing with it are those dopey, like, single-player scripted missions. Right, right, right yeah. Those, those drive me crazy. I, I can't stand those. Um, but if we're playing an actual game, like... Yeah. Like, are we playing like skirmishes, or we're just playing regular matches of an RTS? It's all. It's like these weird kind of like. 
I, now, I've only played a few rounds, and they've all been different, but they all have kind of different objectives. Like, for instance, the first one I played, there are these uh, control points that the, the enemy overmind thing or whatever is trying to power up. And you're trying to go to those and destroy them and keep them from, you know, for a certain amount of time. Uh, and then, like, you're always just kind of fighting against this this mindless monster kind of, right, uh, Zerg kind of thing going on. And we uh, level up our characters. Yeah, yeah, you level up your characters and you get more abilities outside. Like, you know, you play a match, you gain experience, and then, like, hey, you might be able to, like, you know, upgrade your troops in a certain different way or use a different ability and stuff like that. So, what who what are the characters you can choose? Like, is it there just uh, one for each race, or is it more? Than uh, there's more than one. Uh, some of them they have like, I think they're going to add more. I'm not sure on that one, but the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, there's like the basics. You know, you're going to have like Jim Rayner. I'm pretty sure. Uh, then you got uh, Kerrigan, and you got Zeratul. Um, Haha, you know his name, Zeratul. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like, the there's all sorts of, uh, you know, commanders. And it's the idea that when I play with you, I choose which hero I want to level up, and then I can choose a different one in another game? Or is it just like you pick the one character and that's who you're using forever? Oh, you can choose different ones. Like, yeah, you can level them all up. So, like, uh, your Rainer has one level, but your Kerrigan has another level. It's like it's like a right, game of Diablo right. where you're leveling up characters individually? Right, right, yeah. But, I mean, but you you don't make new ones. Like, you know, right. you play – yeah, but, but yes, you, end, you level them up individually. And – Supposedly, just looking through, they have data mined like a bunch of information for future characters they're going to release. So, yeah, but initially, uh, the Terran commanders, you got Jim Rayner, Rory Swan. Swan's like the dude down in the, uh, the uh, machine bay, um, and the ship. Zerg is Kerrigan and Zagara. Zagara's the brood queen. Um, and she's in Heroes of the Storm. I was going to say, I actually know that name from Heroes <laughs> yeah. of the Storm, right? And uh, Protoss, you have Artanis, uh, who's in Hero of the Storm now, uh, Vorazun and Karax. Actually, you don't have Zeratul, I guess. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's planned. I mean, he's... And I, I presume they all have different abilities that you're leveling up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like like I said, Rainer's, uh, for instance, like he has the the ship and all sorts of stuff. And then like you can upgrade like how much damage the ship does and you know different abilities and different kind of troop stuff. And are these only good for co-op missions? Like, what if I, what if, for instance, uh, you're off doing some dippy thing like playing Heroes of the Storm, and I can't get you to join me for a co-op mission? Can I play a co-op mission like alone, solo? Uh, no, but they have matchmaking for it based on whatever your level is. Like so. with random yahoos on the internet. Right. I right. can't put I can't put in a bot to be my co-op friend. I don't think so. No. Hmm. All right, but, McMaster, if you can answer me yes to this question, I will get my credit card out right now, and I will okay. go buy a copy of – what is it? Legacy of the Void. If All you right. can tell me yes, it's a done deal. Otherwise, I'm going to have to mull over it a little more. Here you go. All right. Can I play as the witch doctor from Diablo? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> okay, I'm putting you down as a perjurer times two because I don't know if it's true. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad. Why didn't you tell me this before? Why were you keeping this a secret uh, from me? 
<laughs> I did. I was mystified why like you were playing and why you were trying to get me to play because I really was assuming it was just something like that. And I, I was like, oh, McMaster's having a hard time with some mission and he wants me to join. Oh, him. no, no. I saw that and I was like, man, why are not more people talking about this? And like nobody on quarter to three forums is talking about it either. So I was like, I tried to get people on there to play and I was like, eh. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to look into this, McMaster, and you might be getting an email from me soon saying, hey, guess what I've got? Awesome. Let's play. Yeah. That sounds so. good to me, man. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, McMaster, you will be back two weeks from now. Next week, Oops. I want to let the listeners know I am talking to the uh, developer of a game called Tharsis. Um, Tharsis is a uh, – don't let this scare you off. It's dice-based, but it's kind of a roguelike about a disastrous mission to Mars. Um, and McMaster, one of the things that happens in Tharsis uh, is you run out of food, and you have to choose one of the crew members to cannibalize so that you survive. Oh, Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah. So, McMaster, we might have to kill you and eat you. I'm just letting you know. Uh, I'm used to it. It's, I live with that fear. Uh, so join me next week. Uh, I will speak to Mike Rausch from Choice Provisions Studios about Tharsis. The week after that, McMaster, come back. Let's find out what level I am at StarCraft uh, legacy of the void versus what level you are uh and we'll see where we stand at that point all right all right so thanks everyone for listening we'll see everyone here next week take care consider yourself at home consider yourself one of the family i'm talking to you so strong it's clear we're going to get along consider yourself willing consider yourself Part of the furniture. <clears throat> there isn't a lot to spare. Who cares what ever we got we share? If it's your chance to be, we should see some harder days.